Today is the kickoff of a brand new series, and I got a question that I, I'm so excited to ask you. Um, do you have some things in your life that you wish you could go back and do over again? I mean, maybe there were some places that you went, or maybe it was some people that you met, or maybe it was some choices that you made, and you're thinking today, I would do anything if I could go back and redo or undo what I did in the past. Today we're talking about wisdom. And maybe you wouldn't have made those choices if you would have had some of the wisdom that you have today. Or maybe you wouldn't have made some of those decisions if you had the wisdom that God so much desires for you to have. Wisdom is that ability to put knowledge into practical application to help you make the choices that you need to make. And I got some great news for you today because God wants you to be a person that is filled with wisdom. God wants you to know how to make that hard choice. Maybe you're trying to decide, do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? Do I say this? Do I choose that? How do I know what the right thing to do is? You know, sometimes there are decisions that we have to make that are not necessarily uh, sin or not sin or are good or bad. It, it just requires some wisdom to kind of look at that situation and to realize the path that God wants you to take. And I want you to open your Bibles today to the second chapter of the book of Proverbs because Proverbs chapter 2 is perhaps one of the greatest chapters in the Bible about how God gives wisdom to people. And there's a couple of misconceptions about wisdom. One is that if you're old, that you will be wise. We kind of have that phrase to be old and wise, but, but you can be old and be foolish. Um, you can be young and be insightful. Amen? So age alone does not make us smart or wise. Um, intelligence does not make us wise. You, you, you can be a fool and have a PhD, okay? That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about having wisdom, insight from God to look at your situation and to know exactly where God is leading you uh, to be. <clears throat> now, approximately 3,000 years ago, the wisest man who ever lived uh, walked the face of the earth. His name is Solomon. He was one of the kings of Israel. And God told him one day, I want to give you, I'm going to grant one wish. Solomon, what do you want? You know, and, and I, I think God's kind of thinking, well, maybe he's going to ask for some money or some influence or a long life or, 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 or maybe some other things. And Solomon asked for wisdom. I mean, just think about that. If, if, you, were, if you were offered one, one, one opportunity, uh, what, what would you say? I'll do anything in the world. Solomon, what do you want? I want to be wise. And so God gave Solomon supernatural wisdom. Solomon was so wise that people traveled all over the world to come and hear this man open his mouth and to speak. And everything that he said was just amazingly profound. And, and when we read the Proverbs, we see why Solomon was such a wise man. Now, in the book of Proverbs, mostly written by Solomon, Solomon is writing in this section of Scripture to his son. And he begins in chapter 2, verse 1, by talking about 
my son. You know, the home should be the primary place where wisdom is imparted. We need parents to teach kids wisdom. It is not the responsibility of our schools and universities. It's not the responsibility of the culture. It's not the responsibility of our kids' friends. It's it's the responsibilities of moms and dads to teach kids wisdom. Wisdom starts in the home. And, And so God has given Solomon all of this wisdom, and he wants to pass it on to the following generation. He wants his sons to know what it is to be wise. And in describing that, he begins uh, there in chapter 2 about what it means to to, to be wise. Uh, We have a desperate need for wisdom in our culture. We have a lot of moral ambiguity. Um, There seems to be less of an emphasis on what is right and what is wrong. Uh, We have a permissiveness in our culture about so many things. We just need the wisdom of God. We need God to speak to us and lead us and to direct us. So I want to share with you five things today that, that provoke the wisdom of God in your life. And I want you to write these down on your notes and your outline today. I'm going to give you five things and then I'm going to give you three responses from God. So let's look at this together. Lots of content today. Um, how do I find the wisdom of God I accept eagerly? Okay. Uh, Now look at this right here in in, in chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. So the word to accept literally means to welcome. So if you want to be wise, you have to put the welcome mat out for God to impart wisdom into your life. You have to want it. You can't just crack the door. You have to leave the door wide open. So are you the kind of person that that is wanting and desiring the wisdom of God in your life. Do you really want to know? Do you really want to know what God says and what God thinks? And uh, to accept means to take it in, to take it in, to leave that door open for God's word, for what God wants to say. I love the New Living Translation. It, 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 it says it a little different. It, instead of saying accept my words, it says treasure my words. Wise people treasure the word of God. They want to know what God is saying. And when we treasure the word of God, we welcome him into our life. Now, you know, if, uh, Gina and I are celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary tomorrow. Is that cool or what? I mean, 24 years. Yeah, we're having a great time. We're still having a great time. But when we first got married, I'll never forget this. We decided we were a newlywed couple. We thought we're going to do our own taxes. And so, you know, we're like, we're going to save a few bucks. I think I was making like $1.50 a month at the church at that time. And, and, and we were going to save some money. So we got all the paperwork out, you know, and, and we had like this, 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 this manual on how to do your taxes. And I looked at those things and I looked at our W-2 forms and other things. And I, and I looked at that for about 10 minutes and I realized I was in way over my head. And so we made a very quick trip down to H&R Block. I'll never forget that. I don't know that that guy knew a lot more than I knew, but at least he was certified. Amen? And I made a decision that I was never going to work on my taxes again because there was a lot of concepts. There was a lot of principles. There were a lot of laws that I had no idea what they were. I mean, we're talking about withholdings and dependents and filing statuses and all this kind of stuff that I, you know, I have no idea. 
And, and so I decided to submit to somebody who knew a lot more about taxes than I did. Um, not too long ago, I was at the dentist, and the dentist said, Ryan, you, you got a cavity, and you're going to have to get a crown. And I was like, oh, no, you don't understand, Mr. Dennis. I don't want a crown. Why don't you just put a little extra filling on that? And, and he said, well, Ryan, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, like, it's just going to break again, and we got to cut away more of the tooth. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I don't want a crown. I want you to put some of that little stuff that you put in the filling. And, and I think I almost convinced him. But then he, then he convinced me. And he was like, Ryan, listen, I'm a dentist. I've been doing this a long time. I fill cavities 24 hours a day. It just doesn't work that way. And finally, I understood. This guy knows a lot more about teeth than I do. And, and, and I, unfortunately, I, I got the crown. Not, not what I wanted, but what the doctor said. When Solomon is talking here about welcoming the word of God into our life, he's talking about understanding that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, understands principles, concepts, precepts, laws, and rules that we do not understand. And so to, to, to be a person of wisdom doesn't mean that we understand every nuance or every single thing in the Bible as to why God said that, but we understand that God knows more than we do, and when we submit to his will and to his word, we welcome God's precepts into our life, and we get under his authority, and it brings power and wisdom into our life. Uh, and I think this is exactly what he's talking about here, accept eagerly. And then he says, acquire continually. Okay, look at this. He says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. I mean, um, you got to keep those commands for a rainy day. We should be a pack rat when it comes to God's principles. We're storing them away. How many of you have trouble getting rid of things? Any pack rats in the house today? You can just kind of admit that, anybody? People are pointing fingers, okay, amen, yeah. My grandmother grew up in the Great Depression, and she, she didn't have much, but she, she, she's 99 years old. She's in the nursing home, and, and uh, she still can't throw anything away. Or she, she's never been able to throw anything away. I think I got a little bit of that into my system. Gina was giving me a hard time the other day. I have eight bins of big, huge plastic bins in the basement of childhood keepsakes, and Gina's got one, you know, and so she's always telling me, Ryan, you got to get rid of your junk. Gina was going through my stuff the other day. She found some crush notes when I was in the eighth grade. She was like, Ryan, why are you keeping those things? I'm like, I don't know. It's just hard to get rid of them, you know. I have my cummerbund and my bow tie from prom. I got trophies out the wazoo. I played every sport known to man. I got trophies, man. And I'm old school. You know, we didn't have participation trophies we got like real trophies, like winners and losers kind of trophies. Yeah, I got those. She's like, Ryan, can we please get, a, get rid of your third grade soccer trophies? I'm like, I earned that thing. <laughs> Hanging on to that. I'm not getting rid of that. Newspaper clippings of every ball game that I played in. I got, I got it documented. My Pinewood Derby car, my cast when I broke my arm, my baseball cards. We were looking up some of my old baseball cards and and, and can I brag for a minute? I got, I got some baseball cards that are worth some money. Our, our joke around the house is that if we have a fire, run to the basement and get the baseball cards and then get everybody else out, okay? 
But it's all stored up. And the reason that it's stored up is because I'm afraid that I may need some of those things at a subsequent time. I may need my baseball cards. I might need that old cummerbund and that, that bow tie. You never know when you may need, need something like that. Solomon is saying, listen, with the precepts, with the concepts, with the word of God, store it up. You may not, you may not feel like you need it today, but there may be a day when you need to draw on that account and you may need to pull some, some concepts out of storage. And that's why we should hide the word of God into our heart because when we have a rainy day, when we have a hard day, when we're going through something that we never thought we would be going through, we want to be able to draw on God's word in our life. We want to be able to pull it out of the closet. Words like from the prophet Isaiah, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You may be thinking, well, today, pastor, I'm feeling pretty powerful. I'm feeling pretty good. But you know what? Tomorrow, it may not be that way. Maybe you're feeling real good about your life, but... But, but, but that promise from Hebrews chapter 13, which says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's something that you put in the basement because there may be a time when you are very alone and you need to draw on the word of God. We got to store it up in our heart. This is how we build wisdom in our life. We're a pack rat with the word of God. He says also, listen intently. Look at that in verse two. Listen intently to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Um, the New Living Translation says, tune your ears to wisdom. And both parts of this verse deal with making adjustments. Tune your ear to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. In other words, there is a mindset shift that has to take place to listen intently to the things that God has to say to us. If we want to be people of wisdom, we have to be, we have to be listening. We have to be listening to what God is saying. Just like a piano has to be tuned or, or if you turn on the radio, maybe you've been in between stations and you get all of that static and you get like, you know, a part of the song or, or the signal cuts in and out. But when you get it dialed in, when you get it right on, right on the, 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 the station, um, the, 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 the signal is powerful and you, you can receive it. And he says, tune your ears to wisdom. Um, make that adjustment, spin the dial a little bit to get dialed in to understand what God is saying. This is what wise people do. We're listening to wisdom. We're listening to God. Now, when it comes to listening, there's, there's a lot of surface whiz, listening that kind of goes on. And, and it's kind of like, you know, if it's the fourth quarter of a very important ball game that I'm watching and my wife is telling me to take out the trash that may not be the most intent listening. Um, whenever I'm telling my kids, it's time to go to bed. There's, there, 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 there's different levels of listening. Amen. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like, I heard it. And then like, I kind of just, you know, saw a talking head that was before me. Um, <clears throat> sometimes when I tell my kids, clean your room, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, the, the, I heard it, dad, but I didn't hear it. Well, <clears throat> wise people really listen. They're not, they're not surface listening. They're, they're tuning their ears. They are listening closely to wisdom and directing their heart to understanding. So if I want to be wise, I have to have a steady diet of the word of God. I have to be listening to the things that God is saying to me. 
And I can't be distracted by my past or, or by other things. i got to have my antenna up so I can hear the Word of God. Also, um, in, in addition to listening, we ought to pray earnestly. I mean, we ought to pray earnestly. I mean, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And, and that's what's being echoed here in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3. It says, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift up your voice to understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. In other words, we ought to be asking God to give us wisdom. Listen, if you want to be a wise person, if you want to know how to make that hard choice, if you want to have discretion... If you want to be able to know what God wants you to do, you ought to ask, Lord, would you show me? Lord, would you teach me? Lord, would you give me some insight? God, help me to see some things I have never seen before so I can do what I have never done. And we're asking. We're crying out for it. Actually, he says, call out or or cry out for insight there, there's a hunger it's not just a casual ask but it but it is an intense desire to know uh, it kind of kind of reminds me of when my kids were very little when they got hungry they would cry out for that bottle and you know when a baby is hungry you cannot mess with a baby I mean there is there, there there's nothing you can do with that little that, that little infant. If he or she's hungry, right? You, you can't rock them. You can't console them. You can't tease them. If it's dinner time, it's time to eat. And, and I remember just my kids, even when they were really little, just literally snatching the bottle out of my hand and then protecting it, you know, almost as if like I was going to take it from them, you know. They, they, but they would cry out uh, and, until they received it. But once they got it, they were completely content. There's nothing greater than seeing that little baby, you know, eating her dinner and feeling fully satisfied. Are, are we crying out to God? Are we, are we saying, God, every morning, every day, God, I need to know. I want to be a person who is wise. Students, teenagers, you can be a person of wisdom. Listen, don't, don't, don't believe that you have to be an adult. <clears throat> don't believe that you have to be old. To be wise. Teenagers can be wise. Teenagers are making some tough choices. Some tough decisions today. You can be wise. God can speak to you. God can lead you. Just ask him. Ask him, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to say? One of the reasons that we don't ask is because we're proud. And humility and wisdom always go together in scripture. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes... Then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So we need to ask. We need to ask. And uh, over in 1 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul said uh, in chapter 1, verse 25, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. When I read that, I think this, that Paul is saying, God doesn't have bad days, but if God did have a bad day, the choices that he makes on a bad day is still better than the best choice that we make on a really good day. So what is foolishness uh, to, to, to uh, God is, is wisdom to us. And 
The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. So we need to pray earnestly, God, what do you want me to do? We also should search diligently. Now he describes this as hidden treasure. Look at this. He says uh, there in verse 3, Furthermore, if you call out to insight, lift your voices to understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like, come on, say it with me, hidden treasure. Yeah, hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So, so wise people crave understanding. Like they're going after it like a treasure hunt. Anybody here ever been on a treasure hunt before? Maybe a couple of people? Yeah, I mean, there's an intensity, isn't it? I mean, like you, you're going to find treasure. We were at the beach a couple of weeks ago, and I looked over my shoulder, and this family pulled up next to us, and they had like the jock son that had his shirt off, and he had big, you know, muscles, and he was throwing the football. And then they had like the middle school sister. She had her headphones on, and she was listening to music and looking at the waves. And then they had like the, the, the geeky brother. And he had on like a big straw hat. He had suntan lotion on his nose, you know. And this, this dude had a metal detector. Everybody else is enjoying the waves. Think about all the things you do at the beach, right? Build sandcastles, soak up some rays, eat a sandwich, look at, look at the beautiful creation of God. This guy's got a metal detector out. And I watched him. For, for some time that afternoon, he, he was going up and down the beach meticulously, and, and, and we were hearing the metal detector, and it was like, beep, 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 and he would immediately set the metal detector down, and he would start digging, and this guy was passionate, and he would find like a nickel, you know, and then he would get up. And then he would just comb through the beach. I mean, line after line, inch after inch. He, he was so meticulous and careful in, in finding that exact spot that, that, that he had not been over. And, and this guy had an intensity. I mean, I was, I was having fun just watching him because he was so into the metal detector. Now, they, they say that people that are really into metal detectors have a nickname. Do you know what it is? They call them metalheads. All right, so next time you see somebody with a metal detector, you can say, hey, metalhead. But if you're a metalhead, if you've got that metal detector, some of you have metal detectors, no, no doubt. When you get that metal detector out, you think about seeking for treasure. Think about desiring to find going after it, searching for it. When I was a kid, my neighbor had a metal detector, and he, he got me to go on a treasure hunt with him one time. And the only thing we found was an old tin can, like two feet under the ground on his side yard. You know, I was done with metal detectors after that. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Search for it. Seek after it. If we want to find wisdom we got to go after it. We ought to talk to people who are wise and ask them, how did you learn that? What do you know? How could you impart a little bit of that wisdom into me? We ought to be asking and seeking from God. God, what can I do to become a woman or a man of wisdom? And when we do that, our heart will be filled. Now, godly wisdom is available. I mean, I got some good news today. God wants you to know 
what to do in your particular situation. I, sometimes it's easy to look around and feel like, um, well, God knows everything, and I don't know much, but is God hiding from me? Have you ever felt that way before? Like, why is God not revealing with greater clarity what I need to do? And, and it's easy to kind of feel like God's keeping us in the dark. God wants you to know. He really does. God desires for you to be a person of wisdom. God doesn't look around and say, you know what? She's really seeking after me, but I want to trick her, you know? I want to hold, I want to hold out on him. I don't want him or her to know the wisdom of God. So what does God do? I want to give you three responses here from the Lord. Uh, number one is he gives wisdom in verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God wants you, again, to have wisdom. When you do the first five things, guess what? It's conditional. When you do the first five things, guess what God does? God starts pouring wisdom on your life. When you're asking, when you're seeking, when you are welcoming, okay, wisdom in your life, guess what? God starts to... God starts to shower wisdom on us. And God wants us to know what is wise. And he says, knowledge and understanding. <clears throat> Amen. How much better would our life be if we had more knowledge and more understanding? Um, 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And if you ever doubt what, what wisdom looks like, look at Jesus because Jesus is the wisdom of God. And if you, if you ever get confused, look at Jesus and ask that old question, what would Jesus do or what do you think Jesus would say? Because Jesus is and was the wisdom of God. And then in verse 9 of, of Proverbs chapter 2, it says, Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity in every good path. In other words, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, righteousness Justice and integrity will be in your life. Um, so God gives wisdom. He also grants success. Okay? This is God's second response. God says, you know what? People who seek after wisdom are going to be successful. How many of us would like to be a little more successful? That's why we need to be going after the wisdom of God. I'd like to be more successful in my relationships. I'd like to be a little more successful in my work. I'd like to be more successful in, in, in my family, in, in, in raising kids, or in my marriage, or, or in my social life, or whatever it may be. Look at this. He grants success. Verse 7. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity. And if you store up God's commands, as we saw earlier in Proverbs chapter 2, you will store up success. He uses that term, store up, two times in Proverbs chapter 2. Store up commands, you will store up success. So it, it may not be that you need all of that success right now, but God's going to give it to you. It kind of reminds me, a few years ago, we sold a house, and the Denver real estate market had really gone up, and we made a really nice sum of money. I mean, it may not have been a lot of money for some people, but for Gina and I, it was a lot of money. And I don't think I had smiled that much since the day I got married when I got that check. And I took it to the bank, and Gina had a smile on her face. We took it together. We were like, we're going to the bank, you know. 
And, and we deposited that, and we, and we saved the money. Now, I was, I was thinking, should I buy a car? Should I go to the mall? Should I, should I go on a vacation? Should I do this? Should I do that? But we, we put that money in the bank, and we left it there for a while. There was a time later on when we needed that money, and that money had been stored up, and it was there. And we were able to call on those those resources and those funds. I think this is what I think this is what the Proverbs is saying. Listen, when you when you when you ask for God's wisdom, when you learn the word, when you do what God says, you will store up success in your life. And God is a shield; He will protect you. Uh, those who live with integrity, and 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 you may not need that blessing right now, but one day, it's stored up. You're going to pull that out of the basement, and, and, and you're going to walk in that blessing. He grants success. He guards your path. Okay, look at this, number three. Um, he stores up success for the upright. He's a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the, the way of his faithful followers. I mean, is there anything cooler than thinking about God protecting your path? A lot of times we, we say, well, why is God not protecting me? What, where is God? Listen, sometimes the decisions that we make are foolish. And we get so out of the will and the way of God that we put ourselves in the place of danger. The place of foolishness. The place of wisdom is the place of blessing. If you follow God's commands, if you follow what God is leading and saying for you to do, then God will protect you. God's, God's saying, listen, there's protection in my truth. Uh, it, it's kind of like when you're a parent and you tell your kids certain things. Do this or don't do that. You're protecting them, right? And when they do what you've asked them to do, they're protected. When they kind of start doing some of their own things and kind of color it outside the lines and kind of go in their own way, that's when they get into trouble. God says, I'm going to protect you. I'm a shield. I'm a shield. Now, now to wrap this chapter up, he gives two practical examples, okay? And I want you to see this in verse 12. He talks about an evil man Verses 12 to 15, and then in verses 16 and following, he talks about a wayward woman. But he says here in verse 12, It will rescue you from the way of evil from anyone who says perverse things. And then he goes on and talks about the evil man. And the evil man in Proverbs chapter 2 is somebody who practices deceit, lying, cheating, deception, uh, dishonesty, and Solomon is saying, listen, guys, when you have God's wisdom in your life, you will be discerning about the people that you put around you. Amen? Like, you're trying to decide, should I go into business with that guy? And, 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 but, but you're a person of wisdom. And you're looking at the Word of God and the Spirit of God speaking in your life. And you're like, you know what? I don't think that's the right decision to make because... Because that doesn't line up with wisdom. That, that's not the wise thing uh, to do. And, and, and maybe it's true with friendships as well. Should, should, I, should I be committed to those friendships? I mean, truthfully, some of our lives would be better if we had some better friends. But when you have wisdom in your life, you'll have discretion as to who you need to be friends with. You'll have a filter. 
and, and, and you'll know. And, and so Solomon's saying, listen, don't get sucked in by the evil man. Now, th- this could also be the evil woman. Amen? You got, you got some evil women in the world, too. You got some evil man, men. But the Lord protects us when we have discretion and wisdom. And then he talks about the wayward woman right here uh, in verse uh, 16 to 19. It will rescue you from the forbidden woman, from a wayward woman with her flattering talk. And he goes on and he talks about a woman who's very seductive. And Solomon's talking to his sons. And he's saying, sons, listen, avoid these kinds of girls. You will get into a lot of trouble in your life if you hang around with people that, that, that are trying to, to woo you, trying to flatter you, trying to tell you that you're all this because they want something from you. This could be true men or women. But seduction and sexual sin can be greatly avoided with a little bit of wisdom. Because when you have the wisdom of God in your heart, you, you'll have the discretion as to what's appropriate and to what's right and what's smart and what's good. And, and so we, we need God's wisdom desperately in our lives because it will protect us from a lot of things that will mess us up. And we look back over the history of our life and we see choices that we wish we would have never made and places we wish we would have never gone, people we wish we would have never met and things we wish we would have never said. We need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. There's two paths for life. There's the path of folly. There's the path of foolishness. There's the path of wisdom. There's the path of wisdom. Look, at, look there in verse 21 of Proverbs chapter 2. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous ripped out of it. What's the wise thing to do? When we live in wisdom, the sky is the limit. The opportunity is ours. The blessings of God are stored up. God is waiting for us to do the wise thing. Let's pray together.